Greetings. How's everybody doing? Doing well? All right. <laughs> Somebody left their phone up here. I don't know who it was. Was it you, Kyle? Looks like a pretty good phone. If you need one. All right. Good to be together, isn't it? Um, as uh, Kyle mentioned, this is going to be uh, the last message that we will be giving you uh, as members of the OC Church. I'm not saying we're never going to speak to you again. I'm not saying that. But uh, it will be the final time that we'll be uh, sharing our thoughts together. And, and uh, Robin is up here because she also has some things that she wants to share with all of you. And so it, it really does mean a lot to have this opportunity. Uh, also, uh, just to let you know, uh, Robin and I are very blessed to have uh, three incredible children and their, their, their husbands or wives. And we also have a whole parcel of grandchildren. In fact, I want to show them to you right now. This is Robin and I started out. How do you like that white suit? I think that's a pretty good. That is classic 1970, isn't it? I mean, you can't get any more classic than that one. And uh, what do they call it? Saturday Night Fever or something like that. And uh, these are two, our first two children. There's Brooke on the left, and there's Slim Down Jason on the right. Not really. In fact, this is a little bit better picture of him. Jason, I uh, continue to have. I noticed that tie I had. I thought that was a pretty good tie, too. Uh, actually, uh, we're really excited uh, to be with you today, and uh, we're also excited that uh, our children are scattered kind of across the United States, Stuart and Ashley, and their three children are in Boston, Jason and Miyoko, and their three children are in Denver. And here in California, we have Brooke and her husband, Matt, and their three children. And uh, the fact is that Brooke got started a lot earlier than the other two kids and having kids. And so our first three grandchildren were from uh, Brooke and Matt. And uh, we're really privileged to have uh, Brooke, our oldest daughter here. And I'd like to introduce her to you and her three girls. And I know that uh, it'll be okay to take your mask off if you can kind of stand up and turn around so they can see. God has really blessed us with some beautiful women and our family. So go ahead and stand up, turn around. Uh, they're, they're incredible, incredible, and uh, we just love them so much, and we're thankful to be able to share some of these thoughts with you today. We're going to be, uh, over the last several weeks, we've started a series called Models of Faith, Examples Worthy of Imitation. And uh, what we've tried to do is take uh, an individual or two people in the Bible and to share about what is it about them and their lives that really made them examples for all of us. And so today, we're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul. And in, in particular, here's what 
uh, he said in Romans chapter 15, verse 5, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other like Jesus Christ had. You know, Paul is incredible. He has so many great qualities, but there are two, two qualities that Robin and I want to share with you today that have to do with things that have meant the most to us in our lives. Both of us have been uh, disciples of Christ over 50 years. In fact, we started uh, as college students, which is kind of why I started, uh, decided to wear my Florida Gator shirt today, okay, because that's kind of where it all began for us is right there in Gainesville, Florida as a Florida Gator. And if you've been around me long enough, you know that I'm a, a pretty passionate uh, fan of the Florida Gators. I don't want to live in Florida again, but I'm all for uh, rooting them on in every way possible. Well, we became Christians. I became a Christian when I was 18 years old, and I think Robin did at age... 18 also. So both of us became Christians uh, right after high school going into college. And it was the greatest decision that we've ever made. And I really believe that that decision changed the course of our lives. If we had not made that decision, we would not have what we have today. And there are a lot of other people who would not have what they have today. Because when God impacts your life, He changes the course of your life. Not just a little bit. I didn't just need tweaking a little bit. At age 18, I needed a transformation. And only Jesus Christ can do that. And I'm sure, as I share these thoughts with you today, I want you to reflect back and think about where would my life have gone? How would I have turned out were it not for my commitment to Jesus Christ? I've been thinking about that more and more, and it's made me realize how very blessed I am as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I would not have Brooke as my daughter. I would not have these beautiful girls as my granddaughters were it not for Jesus Christ. Working in my life and working in Robin's life as well. And so today we're going to talk about three, uh, two qualities that have to do with what can dramatically impact your life. And we're going to try to do it in as personal a way as we can. You know, when we talk about the Apostle Paul, our two things today we're going to talk about is the value of perseverance and the power of encouragement. And uh, let's talk about the value of perseverance first of all. Let's read together Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, this passage talks about the value of perseverance. And when I think about Jesus Christ, I think about someone who is a master of perseverance. The truth of the matter is, without perseverance, your life will not be successful. Without perseverance, your life is going to falter and fail. Because we all are going to make mistakes. We're all going to sin. We're all going to blow it. That's unquestionable. There isn't any debate about that, right? The question isn't, am I going to be perfect? No, nobody is perfect. We're all going to fail. We're all going to sin. The question is, what are we going to do when we fall? What are we going to do when we fail, when we make mistakes? Well, that's when perseverance comes in. And it's so important. Perseverance is critical to a person's life and success. I'm a, 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 a history buff, and one of the things that I like to do is I like to read about history, and particularly uh, history of the World War II. I know that all of us are very, very familiar with the uh, rise of Germany and them trying to conquer all of Europe and really the world. Ultimately, that was their, their, uh, their goal. And they went into France and they took over France. They went into Belgium, they took over Belgium. They went all, all across Europe, they started conquering and conquering and conquering. But there was one country that they were not able to conquer. And that country was the United Kingdom. And I don't know how many of you know about this very handsome man here in this picture. Uh, I mean, a little bit facetious, but he's not a bad-looking guy, but he's older. And uh, his name is Winston Churchill. And almost without debate, people in the United Kingdom credit the leadership of Winston Churchill for England and the United Kingdom to not collapse under Hitler and his German Reich. And he had some very, he, he spoke on the radio a lot. They didn't have TV back then. And so he spoke on the radio a lot. And he would say certain things to the, uh, particularly the people of the United Kingdom, his citizens. And uh, he's famous for his quotes. One of his quotes was, if you're going through hell, keep going. That's a pretty good point, isn't it? You don't want to stop if you're going through hell. And some of us have gone through hell, quote-unquote, in the sense of what we're going through in our lives. But he says, don't stop. 
keep your head on going so you can get out of there. But this particular quote, this next one, I, is one that he's most famous for. Because he was a he was known as the European Bulldog. He kind of even looks like a little bit of a bulldog, doesn't he? And uh, he was known for that. But here's what he had to say on one of his messages. Never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never. In nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to the apparent overwhelming might of the enemy. And as I said, most people credit Winston Churchill and the involvement of the United States coming in and, and, and helping them to the uh, Euro, uh, particularly the United Kingdom not falling. You know, how important is perseverance anyway? Not quitting, not giving up. As I look over our 50 years together, both as being with Christ, and, and uh, Rob and I are going to celebrate our 50th anniversary next year, uh, 49 this year, uh, and I, I think back over that, and what are the what 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 are the things? What are the keys to really being together that long? Well, I, I'll tell you. It's not infatuation. Are you with me there? Infatuation doesn't last that long. A lot of times it doesn't even last a year, much less 49 years. And Robin was very infatuated with me when we first met. I mean, why are you guys laughing? I think it's... It's not surprising, right? And I was very infatuated with her. I mean, here we were rocking it out in our 1970s suits and dresses. I mean, come on. But the reality is, we're not together because of our infatuation. That started it, but that didn't sustain it. Of all qualities and characteristics, I would say it's perseverance. Even the feeling of love, and I do love Robin with all my heart, I thank God every day that she chose to say yes to me. I don't even want to begin to think of what a mess my life would have been without her by my side. It's the greatest decision I ever made outside of following Jesus. And we love each other dearly, but we don't always feel that love, do we? Because you go through ups and downs. You get mad at each other. You get irritated at each other. You get annoyed with each other. Sometimes you even feel like, what in the world am I doing married to this person? <laughs> Those are feelings. But there's something else that goes beyond that, and that's perseverance. You know, about three years ago, I shared with you a message called the Faithful Grit. 
G-R-I-T. This woman, Angela Duckworth, did a, uh, she's a professor of psychology at University of Pennsylvania. And uh, she asked the question, why are certain people successful? And here's, here's what she came up with. She went to the West Point Military Academy. She examines, examines students at National Spelling Bees, teachers succeeding in challenging neighborhoods, students succeeding in school, salesmen succeeding in their sales position. And so she evaluated all these people, and she asked the question, why were they successful? What were the common denominators? They were not high IQ, it was not good looks, it was not social intelligence, not physical health, not talent. What was it? It's what she calls grit, G-R-I-T. It's a passion and a perseverance with a view of long-term goals. She said that was the common denominator. That was it. Grit, passion, and perseverance with a view of long-term goals. You can never underestimate the power of grit. The truth is, God's people always get into trouble when they start allowing grit to not be there and their emotions just take over. You know, so much of, uh, we are emotional people, aren't we? And uh, we feel things, and we feel things very strongly, but, but we've got to learn how to control our emotions because our emotions are up one day and down the next. They can even be up one minute and down the next, right? They're all over the place. We've got to learn how to persevere in spite of our emotions, in spite of what we're really feeling at the time. In fact, let's read this passage together because this was the secret to the early Christian success. Here's what they had to go through. What more shall I say? I do not have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. But there were others, often who were tortured, refusing to be released, that they may gain an even better resurrection. Talking about the early Christians being arrested, and they were tortured. He said, some faced years and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered around in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what was promised since God had planned something for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. You know, when you think about the importance of perseverance and you read passages like this, I'm kind of ashamed 
of the times when I have whined and complained because something was a little bit harder than I wanted it to be. And look what these guys went through. So, so impressive, so powerful. What could, what could we possibly have to endure that would be worse than this? And yet they were able to do it. Perseverance. Don't underestimate the power of perseverance. I'll give Robin a chance to share his thoughts. Well, I appreciate what Bruce was sharing, especially Winston Churchill's quote. Because to me, uh, perseverance, I can sum it up in two words for me. Never quit. And there are three verses I want to share with you, and then a story, a little story, that helped me to persevere. The first one is in Matthew 24. And the first one is for me, what I have to do. The second two verses are how I'm able to do it. In uh, chapter 24 and verse 13, it says, But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So I hear that, and it's like, okay, my res- I've got to stay, stand firm, and I've got to go all the way to the end. The great thing about the race of God, and I don't know if any of you have been in races or not, but the great thing about the race of God is it doesn't matter where you come in. <laughs> you can be first, you can be last, you can be in the middle, as long as you get to the end. When you get to the end, you're as victorious as the one at the beginning. And so I love that about God, because I've been in a few races. I actually did the L.A. Marathon, walked it, but I was way back at the end. And uh, the other story is another race story I'll share at the end. But secondly, over in Matthew 28, um, Jesus says in verse 20, when he's uh, giving his last words to the apostles, he said, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's how I can persevere is because I know Jesus is going to be with me to the very end. Whether I'm faithful to him, the Bible says he's faithful to me. And he will be with me if I will just look for him. And then the last one is over in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24. And it says, okay, I got it here somewhere. And it says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so for me to get to the end, to persevere to the end, I have to have Jesus and I have to have friends. And so the last story that I want to share with you is about a friend. When I was in Chicago, we had an Olympic day for the church and they had a uh, fast walk race and they had it for those over 35. So I thought, okay, maybe I can do that. So I, uh, I started the fast walk and I'm walking and 
and walking and and there was a friend, a sister, who noticed that I was lagging behind a little bit. And she came up to me in the middle of the, you know, racetrack and said, come on, Robin, you can do it. Walk with me. Just keep up with me. Just keep. And, and I kept up pace with her. And I, I think I may have come in second or third. I don't know. But without her, I would not have been there. And so these verses are really my, you know, statements for life. It's kind of like um, everybody today has a, what do you call it, a life statement or a statement for the business or whatever you have. These are my life statements. I will stand firm to the end. Jesus will be with me to the end. And my friends will be with me to the end also. So I hope this helps you think about perseverance in a way that it's worth getting to the end. No matter how you get there, just get to the end. Thank you. Amen. You may uh, ask the question, okay, I want to be a persevering person, and I'm, I'm a teenager, or I'm a 20-year-old, or I'm a 30-year-old. How can I become a, this persevering person? Well, the first, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to get com- connected to the master of perseverance. You know, 50 years ago, when I started my journey, I dreamed of living a life to please God and to make an impact on people in the world. That, that that was kind of where I was at. I, I wanted to make a difference in this world. and uh, But I never really knew enough about myself, or let me put it this way, I knew enough about myself that I knew that I did not have what it would take to remain faithful over the entire 50 years. I needed the master of perseverance, which of course is God. There's no one like God. There's no one like God. I love that song. That line is there. There's no one like our God. You know, a few years ago, I was uh, repairing my chicken coop. Some of you know I have chickens. And uh, I was repairing my chicken coop, and I was stapling uh, the, uh, the mesh wire onto it and making a repair. And I used this, this staple gun. And it was an electric staple gun. And I was going through and going through and going through. And I was trying to do it quickly. And all of a sudden, the staple gun stopped working. And I got really annoyed because you think, oh, uh, I know what's happening. It's jammed. And those things are so easily jammed. And I thought, well, that's what it is. So I took it apart, looked at it. No, it's not jammed. Put it back together and started to work. And it, it would not work. And I get more and more annoyed, and finally, until I looked down on the cord and it saw that it had gotten come plugged from the extension cord. And I, I thought about that when I thought about how am I going to be a persevering person? I got to get connected every day with the master of perseverance. A lot of times we go through life and we think it's fine, I'm connected to God, everything's okay, and we make one movement and we get disconnected. And then we get annoyed, don't we? Instead of going, wait a minute, maybe there's a reason. 
that I'm not working, I'm not persevering like I need to. And so that's the first thing you got to do. You got to be connected to the master of perseverance, and that's God. And God is faithful. He will never leave you. He will always there be there for you. So number two, you get, you need to not lose heart. That's what he said in Hebrews chapter 12. Don't lose heart. Now, that's, that's a phrase that we don't use very much anymore, but I want to tell you what it means to us, Robin and I, over the last 50 years. When it, when it says don't lose heart, that meant that we needed to eliminate certain words or phrases from our vocabulary. And here are some of them. Number one, I quit. If you want to be a persevering person, get rid of the idea of I quit. You can say, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, but don't say I quit. It's like Churchill saying, never, never, never give in. Another one, I want a divorce, or I resign. Rob and I have been married for 49 years. How have we stayed together? There are a lot of reasons why, but I'll tell you there's one thing that we made a commitment when we got married, that there's a phrase we would never utter out of our mouths, and it's, I want a divorce. You say, oh, you guys must have an incredible marriage. You never get mad enough to even think that. No, that's not true. Uh, I have thought it probably more times than I can even remember. You can get so frustrated. You can get so angry in your marriage that you can think it. And I know Robin saw it before in, in her, her feelings toward me. But praise God, she's never said it. Because when it, once it comes out of your mouth, it's you're halfway there to whatever it is. So just don't say it. The other one that I, I think you need to eliminate from your vocabulary is this one, I'm done. Think about just that phrase, I'm done. Once you utter those words, really what you're saying is, I, I'm out of here. I, I quit. I'm out. So I would really encourage you, if you're going to be a master of, uh, of, uh, of perseverance, you need to be connected to the master of perseverance, and you need to really not lose heart. The... Um, the, the other thing that I want us to talk about here at the close is let God encourage you. If you're going to be uh, like the Apostle Paul, you've got to let God encourage you. Uh, here's the way Paul put it in these passages. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Here's another one. After Paul and Silas came out of prison, they, were so, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Acts 20, verses 1 and 2, when the uproar ended, Paul sent the disciples, and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out from Macedonia. He traveled throughout the area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people. You can go on and on and on. There's a command in the Bible, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. You know, there's no end to how much we need encouragement. Is it is there anybody in here that does not need encouragement? 
You know, uh, uh, why do you think more people don't encourage each other more? What would you say are some of the reasons? Anybody? Selfishness. Okay, not feeling encouraged themselves, so they don't have any encouragement to go to other people. Okay, what else? Okay. Yeah, in other words, they know how great they are. They don't hear, need to hear from me. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Let me tell you. I can tell you for a fact, there's not a person in this room today that doesn't need some encouragement. Not one person. If you could see every person in here like God sees them, you would say, wow, these, this person really needs to be encouraged. And how, how powerful is encouragement? Well, how do you feel when you get encouraged? It totally changes your disposition, doesn't it? You know, we just had Mother's Day last Sunday. And uh, one of the things that we've made a practice of throughout our entire family life is making sure that we encourage one another. And I think it is one of the strengths in our, in our personal family is that we know how to encourage one another. And of course, Mother's Day, you want the mother to feel what? Encouraged. So there was a time when we were with Brooke and, Brooke and Matt and the girls that we had a time of encouragement. And so we just asked them to find out, think of one thing that, one word that you feel like best describes, and they did it for their grandmother, Robin, and for their mom, Brooke. And uh, there were some incredible things shared. How do you think Brooke and, and Robin felt after that time? You know, have you, have you ever been encouraged and then thought, well, I didn't realize how much I needed that? Until you get it, right? And so we make a practice of it, even with birthdays and uh, anniversaries and things like that, to encourage. We need to be in intentional in our encouragement. I want to really challenge everybody here. Don't leave today without encouraging at least two or three people. Because everybody needs encouragement. They need it spoken as well as written. Uh, one of the uh, other, another thing of our family that uh, we enjoy is reading, writing cards for each other. And, and Brooke is one of the best card writers I've ever known. And I happen to be her dad. And yeah, I'm a little bit subjective, but I like the things that she says about me. And uh, Robin uh, shared with me some a card that uh, cards that she had gotten from the girls and from Brooke for Mother's Day, and, and they were beautiful girls. I mean, it was it was so touching. You know, we need to speak, and we need to write words of encouragement. Do you think we realize how much we need it? We don't, do we? I remember over the, my Christian life, probably the time when I have done my best is when I've been encouraged by another brother. I know when Tom Brown talked to me and Robin back in the 1980s about moving out to San Francisco and, and with the intention to plant the L.A. church. 
that was inspiring to us. We had already built the church there in South Florida. In fact, we had just finished building a brand new building there. And yet God, we felt the call of God by the encouragement of Tom to do, uh, to do another adventure. And I, I was so proud of Robin because she was eight months pregnant with Ashley when we all moved. If you've ever done a move, you know it's not exactly the easiest thing in the world. But we did that. And, uh, and that was such an encouragement to us. I know when we were asked to go down to San Diego and lead a thousand-member church down there in San Diego, I was so encouraged. I had never done anything like that in my life. The largest group I had ever led was 500. But they asked us, and they had two elders down there, Ron Bromley and, and George Haven and their wives, Linda and Cleo. And it was one of the most exciting times in our lives in ministry. And I will tell you, one of the biggest reasons for that was how encouraged we felt. You know, there's a power in encouragement. You want to see your friends, your family excel? Encourage them. There is no other substitute for it. And probably the master of encouragement in my life personally was Kevin Maines. Most of you know, knew Kevin. He was one of the ministers here in Orange County. But he passed away um, back uh, about three years ago, three or four years ago. And uh, But I, I, I will honestly say, and I've shared this before, not only did I feel encouraged by him, but he trained me to be a better encourager of others, especially to Robin. And it transformed my life. Encouragement is powerful. And I want to really encourage you to be that kind of person. To be that kind of person for your family. To be that kind of person for your church family as well. Robin's going to come up and share a few final words. You know, the, um, uh, bear with me and forgive me because I'm not going to get through this really well, but um, the longer I live, the more I see that God is a God of encouragement. That's how he is. My favorite book on encouragement is Joshua 1, Joshua the first chapter, because God is constantly telling Joshua, be courageous, be of great courage. And that's really what encouragement is. It's putting courage in other people. And encouragement comes in many, many forms. You know, God had to encourage Moses. He had to encourage Gideon. He had to encourage Paul to do things the right way. He had to encourage Hannah through her prayer. He had to encourage Euodia and Syntyche to get along. But when you read it, it's he's encouraging them. And that's really God's way. God encourages us to do what is right. He's not going to make us, but he will always encourage us. And what I've seen in my life, the more I see encouragement, the more I receive it, the more I'm able to get it. Because really, encouragement from God is all around us. I mean, you just look at nature. That's one of my greatest encouragements. Uh, even finding a parking spot when I need one. God encourages me and helps me find it. A call from a friend or just reading God's word. Or kind people are an encouragement to me. Strangers that I don't know. A gift, a smile, my children, my grandchildren. Uh, and even a correction. 
is an encouragement to get us on the right road. And uh, when I see how much God encourages me, I have to ask myself, am I grateful for that? Do I acknowledge that? Do I appreciate that deeply? Because that's what's going to enable me to be an encourager. And I've been so blessed. And... Um, I just want to share in closing how much I feel I've been blessed by all of you being here these last six years because um, you have been a blessing to me. My husband, of course, is my greatest blessing. He, he knows how much encouragement I need. He's encouraged me to do just about everything I do now because he believes in me. Uh, but each of you have encouraged me. I think some people have a gift of encouragement. You know, I believe my daughter, Brooke, is like that. She has the gift of encouraging me, and her daughters are becoming just like her. Um, Chris and Gina Galassi are always encouraging me. Marcel and Karina are always encouraging me. Marcel laughs a lot with me. That's encouraging to me. He may be laughing at me, but I choose to believe he's laughing with me. <laughs> And that encourages me. Brian and Taha are always faithful, never complaining. Brian and Vicki are always helping other people. Brian and Melody, we have a lot of Brians in this church, are always seeking advice and helping others. Jamie Dino is one of the most faithful single sisters I know and helpful in so many areas. Lauren and Aaron are always an adventurer. Uh, with us. There's Rusty, Joyce, Stuart, Christine, Danny and Derek, Kylie and Emily, Sarah, Analia, Maddie, Sanaya and Desiree, and all the new babies in the church. They all bring life to this family. And I could go on. I wish I could share with each of you because each of you have encouraged my soul. Uh, over the last six years in a very special way. You make me want to be an encouragement to others, kind of like Barnabas, you know, as a son of encouragement. I hope you remember me as a daughter of encouragement because your encouragement has prepared me for another adventure in my life, and I can't thank you enough. You will always be on my heart. I've prayed for you over these last six years, at least every week, and we will continue to do that. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11, it says, <clears throat> Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. You please know how very special you are. You always will be. So thankful that Marcel and Karina, not Maurice, Marcel and Karina are here to lead with Martine and Tina uh, on full-time staff. And uh, they, are, they are great people. Please give them your support, just like you gave it to us. And always remember, you, we're going to love you till the, till the end, till we see each other, whenever that may be. And uh, if you're visiting here today, please know, if you want encouragement in your life, this is the family to be in. And enjoy it as much as I have. I love you dearly. You know, um, 
over the last several years, I've become more emotional and 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 I cry. I mean, I've always cried, but I've cried a lot more. But I'm not a pretty crier, you know what I mean? I'm an ugly crier. And so I, I'm not going to cry here today because it's pretty ugly when I get there. But just, just pretend that you're seeing me cry because that's, there, there's so much emotion that I'm feeling right now for all of you. Thank you. Please know that we treasure you in our hearts. We're thankful that it was with this family that we spent our final years. In. Now, when you think about perseverance and you think about encouragement, there's one person that stands out above all else, and it's Jesus. He was a master of it. He died on the cross because he persevered and he encouraged. We're going to have the opportunity to take communion right now. You were given a, a little capsule coming in. If you haven't, don't have one, please raise your hand and somebody will get you one. But I'm going to lead us in prayer for you to be able to take communion. Now, what do you think about Jesus, his perseverance and his encouragement? And think about how he wants all of us to persevere to the end and encourage one another along the way. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I'm so thankful for the life that you've given me. I know I don't deserve it, but I do know that you have freely given to me. You've lavished your love on me. And Robin, and really all of us here today, you've lavished your love on us. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we're able to have the full life that we have in Christ. Thank you. And we pray that you will bless this bread and this fruit of the vine as we take it together. We love you, God, with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.